frozen wasteland, haunted by the undead and the dying. What is there to do but survive through the graveyard of horrors and a garden? I don't know if I want this added in because I'm gonna say the word dike a lot, but I mean the waterway structure <laughs> because I was in my French class and we were talking about the weather in French and then we were talking about, I guess, a lot of water and my professor was like, oh, and then they built dikes and I was like, uh-huh. And then she stared in my eyes for like 20 minutes straight while explaining instead of looking at the rest of the class. And she was like, does everyone know what a dike is? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm aware. They're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Was this recently? This was on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another installment of Tales of Bone and Ice. It is a D&D survival horror comedy podcast following the deeds and misdemeanors of our heroes in an icy post-apocalyptic world. This week, we have me, Marilyn, playing Maris, the golden-scaled dragonborn, who is growing and learning... And with me, we have Candorcore. Say hi. Hi. Perfect. <laughs> Hello. <He's, laughs> which is very on brand because he's playing Condemned, our Goliath fighter, who actually may finally be beginning to melt his cold exterior to let friendship in. Can't prove it. <laughs> we also have Grimheld playing Sukunkana. Say hi. He Hell yeah. She's uh, <laughs> a Kalistar druid who is shown to be more capable than I think anyone was expecting, given that she is a literal teenage drama queen. And then with us, as always, to steer us straight into madness is our DM, Brian. Say hi. Hello. Yeah. Uh, now we're going to roll some recap rolls to try and see if any of us actually remember what happened the last time we were together. All right. Well, I listened to almost all the sessions, so I'm going to get like a 20. I didn't listen to shit, and I don't know shit. And my notes are shitty. So you get like a two? I actually got a 20. Oh, wow. It's like every time. If I know what happened, I roll infinity. If I didn't listen to it, didn't take any notes, two. Every time. 13, baby. Oh, snap. I got 11. All right, Grim. Take it away, baby. Uh, That means long ago. Um. <laughs> That's awesome. It has been a while. We went home. We got some lizards. That was dope mm-hmm. we got some baby lizards we were all supposed to think of lizard names between then and now i certainly forgot oh no actually no i was gonna call mine baby beaver and i can't quite remember the word for baby beaver but i will later no i was gonna call it baby porcupine anyway oh yeah and then we all made presents for each other Cantor made a really cool magical skull mask for sukunkana maris made some smelly salve for connie and Sukunkana made a alchemy journal for Maris. And we're having dinner at Groamdu's house. And we're still mid-dinner. And that's what happened. And it transpired that Sukunkana speaks six languages and none of them are the language of her adopted family. Yeah, none of them are orc. <laughs> what? She doesn't, she, she doesn't speak orc, which is what her mom and sister are. Oh. Yeah, she speaks Celestial Common, Druidic, Giant, Quarry, which in this context is Knacha, and Sylvan. Wow. 
but she doesn't speak orc, which is the language that would have been spoken in her home. Nope. <laughs> okay, so I get I got a little bit more detailed notes. We start with a conversation about what to tell mom when you get home. Claymore reveals that he might be able to get himself a body to possess. You see a familiar face, Hammond the guard. They return to grow, I'm doing, Sukun kind of turns into a wolf right away. She then turns into a spider, and it's basically bullying. As previously decided, you all go tell grow, I'm do everything. Mom was very impressed with everyone. Gro and Sukunkana had a tender moment where Sukunkana showed some major growth as a person and an adventurer. Maris takes a, makes plans on her gift to Connie and to speak to Howard Dugans about her grandfather. Connie heads to his place at the barracks after checking on his bed. He checks heads to the forge and begins to work on his gift for Sukunkana. Soon after, everyone gets together and we head off to get some lizard mounds. Sukunkana talks to some lizards. Everybody picks up an eggs and hatch hey, picks an eggs and hatches it. Some faster than others. Everybody describes their lizards. The effects of the night ravaging my brain hit me, and I called the people who made witchcraft Chivago instead of Astrologo, which is their actual name. I love you and I'm sorry. <laughs> Everyone goes through and makes their own cool items and then bullies me into letting them go in the game longer so they can get more D&D. They start inventing capitalism and assembly lines. The players realize that more Amdu hasn't been around. Claymore reveals that he knows the name Bro Amdu and we are in that moment. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, are you done? I stopped listening. It was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm Googling lizard names because I wrote down Liz oh, and I just... <laughs> I can't have it be named Liz. So the last thing that happened is that you, Maris, asked Claymore if he knows the name Gro Amdu. And he said that, I haven't heard that name in many moons. And that is the moment that we are currently in. What do? Okay, but no one else is linked in, right? Is it just me? Or, like, are they, like, is this happening while everyone it's else? It's just you for now. Okay. You know Gro Amdu? Are you saying this out loud or in your head? In my head. Yeah, it was a adventure from back in the day. Uh, we, were, we were not close, but we were we were. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, acquaintances of sorts. Yes. Was it like an older lady that is an orc? Uh, no, she was a younger lady. Uh, I think she was human. Yeah, uh, she grew up with a tribe of orcs. I think. So your Groom do that you knew was a human that grew up with orcs. Yeah. Yes. Is that a popular name where you came from? I mean, potentially. I'm not familiar with orcs. I I don't know. Could be. Who knows? Okay, then out loud, I'm going to turn to Groamdu, and I'm going to be like, Hey, Groamdu, um, how old are you? It's, um, difficult to keep track, you know? Like, there's... I don't quite think about it too often. It just sort of bogs me down, you know? I totally, yeah, I totally get that. Super, for sure. It's weird that she just asked me that, right? Like, who asks a person that? <laughs> she says out loud to the other two Perfect. of you. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, it is fair. But is Gromdu that we know, is she human but speaks orc or is she orc orc? No, she's half orc. So this isn't the same Gromdu. Or is it? Can you reveal that? No, it's fine. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, it is getting a bit late, though. I think that uh, after we finish, uh, I think that we should all head back to our respective homes. Sorry, I didn't ask Rome to about my grandpa yet, did I? No, not yet. Okay, perfect. I will pull her aside before we adieu. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the other two of you? Uh, Sukun kind of is going to mind that she's like, I thought we were having a sleepover. Oh, right. Of course. The sleepover. How is that going to work? Uh, uh, condemned, are you staying as well? Absolutely not. Okay, all right. Uh, well, you, you are welcome to, if you wish. I understand that you have uh, given Sukund Kana a new bed. It would be shame to, well, 
put it under the stress of he gestures to his <laughs> form. Well, we we do have uh, a few empty rooms, as it were, if you are interested. I appreciate the offer, but I've taken up more than enough of your hospitality. It's much appreciated. Uh, Maris, are you you going to be uh, staying over? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Would you be able to show me where I can get an extra blanket from? That's all I need. Oh, of course. We'll we'll do that. Uh, uh, The the three of us will go find you an extra blanket as well. It'll be easy enough, I think. Okay. I thought that sleepovers meant like, like we stay in the same room and we stay up late and like share secrets and brush hair well yeah well i mean you can scrub my scales yeah but i'll polish them real nice yeah yeah <laughs> that's adorable i know uh i just need like well i just need an extra blanket so we can each have our own i have so many blankets it's true she has quite a lot of blankets oh perfect yes you can have two even <laughs> cool uh all right well uh i think that uh everybody's looking quite finished does anybody would anybody like any more uh stew before we we head out for the rest of the night uh before connie you return to uh the barracks or or work i don't know what your plan is after this but uh i don't want to keep you from that i think i should leave these two to their uh sleepover it has been a long day and there is always more work to do at the boneforge that is completely reasonable Uh, and she gets up and she walks over to you and she uh reaches out to shake your hand shake it uh, it's quite a strong grasp. I, I would imagine so. She strikes me as that kind of lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was good having you over, and I look forward to uh, seeing what you and my daughter and this wonderful dragonborn uh, can do together. Yes. And then sh- she helps you get the rest of the things that you brought with you and yeah. guides you out the door and gives you a little bit of stew wrapped up in a bowl with a lid. Uh, thank you. It is a very good stew. I wish you the best night, and I, sh- I'm cer- I am certain I will be seeing you again in the near future. Mm-hmm. Of course. This little half bow, and he fucks off. <laughs> Politely. Wonderful. Uh, and then Gro Amdu returns to the two of you, who are still probably sitting at the table, and says, All right, well, um, you probably want to get this uh, sleepover underway pretty quickly. Sukumkan has been very excited. Would you like to head over and see her room now and her uh, her many blankets that she is quite proud of? Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, I just have a couple of questions for you if you have time, either like tomorrow morning or I mean, I don't want to keep you awake too long. Oh, it's okay. I if you if, do you need you need to talk about something uh, in particular, something specific? Uh, is, is it urgent? It's not urgent, no. Okay, well, I think that we can talk about it in the morning then. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I have an urgent question. She busts into the conversation. Uh, are you talking to both of them? Are you mind-linked? Yes. Okay. And th- they just both happen to be in the conversation. Oh, hello there! Oh my <laughs> god, she unmind-links from Maris. Gromdu is like, who? who is that? There's a ghost living inside of her ring. Oh, okay. So you don't want to talk to him. All right. <laughs> you were saying? Anyway, I had a question. Where is... Kasu, where's Moramdu? I busted into her room the other day and she wasn't in there. <laughs> uh, she is out doing some of the trials that go into becoming the next chieftain. Oh. Yeah, you know how she's been working hard at that and it's been weighing on her, so she went out and did some of the optional stuff a little bit early to uh, enhance her strength. Oh, okay. I wanted to see her. I mean, maybe she'll be back. Maybe. Well... <laughs> She's quite powerful, and she might be gone for quite a while. Where'd she go? Uh, you know that I can't tell you that. When is she going to be back, though? Uh, she should be back within the next two weeks. Did she get a lizard? No, she's not like you. She doesn't 
That's not how it works. Oh. I thought we could compare lizards. No, it's... Oh, it's... <sighs> you know it bothers her when you're competitive with her like that. Do lizards eat stew? Should we give our lizards some stew? <laughs> they, they're good at eating everything. But right now they're being taken care of by Stable Master Frederick. Right, right. They're well taken care of. The goats of the post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. Roger that. Yep. Uh, so would you two like to uh, retire to Sukunkana's quarters? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to get my gossip on for sure. I had a question. Does Sukunkana, like we talked, we joked about this last time. Does she actually have like the only herb garden ever? I want to say. We did joke about it. Uh, Yes. But I do want to go with that same explanation that everybody's kind of like, ugh. Uh, everybody who goes in there. So like Kama and uh, your sister, they're just kind of like, oh, there's a lot of smells. And I feel like it'd also be like like a single like sprig of each. Mm-hmm. So you get like one bay leaf. And yeah, like... like it's like one little like like a seedling with one little leaf on it that she takes off occasionally. Mm-hmm. Aww. Uh, okay, so she says to um, Mary, she's like, I'm going to show you my leaves. And then you'll finally know what leaves are. <laughs> okay. It'll be exciting. And she takes you by hand and drags you into her room. <laughs> Uh, be sure to not breathe too heavily when you're close to them. They're they're quite an overwhelming scent. Oh, but I won't I won't die. No, it's fine. We could put them in your alchemy. <gasps> they probably would not taste too good. I wonder how they ferment. We don't know what fermentation is, do we? Because I assume you do. Yeah, oh. f- fermentation has existed for thousands of years historically. Yeah, there's definitely like alcohols of sorts. Yeah. Oh, okay, fuck. actually, that 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 kind of brings me to the question though. So alcohol requires fruit or sugars though doesn't it like it also requires mm-hmm. yeast that's true i was thinking like vinegar i mean i think like obviously our tech level does absolutely permit alcohol our resources i don't think do but i mean there's a lot of things about this setting that are not you know the way it would be in real life in these circumstances it's the way it is entertaining in a DD podcast well i was talking about the concept of fermenting existing not necessarily alcohol mm-hmm. the concept of fermenting food exists for sure yeah like you can eat like slightly spoiled fish i think is a thing that some cultures eat and like other stuff like that that was where i was gonna go with it is that a lot of the alcohols and stuff are liquid from existing beings so like fermented blood and stuff like that i don't think that's how alcohol works no, I, I know that that's not how alcohol works. It's it's the analog of alcohols. Do you know how fantasy alcohol works? I have a different, more, uh, I have a better idea. <laughs> if we want there to be alcohol in this fantasy world wherein fruit doesn't exist, we don't want fermented blood because that's just going to make you sick. What we want is a specific diluted version of monster poisons that have the similar effect to how alcohol feels. Although I don't think that it's necessary for alcohol to exist in this world. (laughs) So just to prove how much human beings need narcotics, I remember reading that there was... Good start to a sentence. It might have been a Siberian tribe. There were no plants. There was no way they could like do a lot of beer brewing or like, you know, large scale psychedelic uh, plant production. The only thing they had in the area was a certain plant where if humans ate it, it would kill them. But if deer ate it, their urine would retain the psychedelic properties, but not kill whoever drank it. Oh my god. Now here's the astounding thing to think about. I'm not surprised that people would drink deer piss to get high. Absolutely. That doesn't surprise me. What surprised me is how did they find out? Probably in a survival situation. I'm so thirsty. I gotta drink this beer piss. One would hope. No. Yeah. My main point is, if we want some kind of narcotic to exist, it's gonna be like an essence of 
poison from some kind of monster enemy. Yeah, we could do like a long traveling rare type of monster that has a poison from something that they eat that is then diluted that then uh, the blood of this uh, monster can be used as it wouldn't a be narcotic. blood look it would be like like extracted from their the, from their poison glands so piss i'm thoroughly opposed to drinking blood <laughs> you don't have to drink it you don't have I'm just saying it doesn't make sense it would make everybody sick so does alcohol does blood wine make you sick because according to, go- to google you can make blood out of wine or wine out of blood jesus <laughs> whoa cool weird in your college years don't like it look 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 here, here's the thing, Grim. This is a harsh world, and people will do what they need to do, and you don't have to do those things. And also, nothing is real. All I wanted to know is, can I ferment? Can I steal some leaves and ferment? Things? I just don't think it so makes sense. So you go into Grim's room, or to Kunkana's room. I want to figure out how to make a bunk bed. <laughs> no, I'm going to kill her. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Sukunkana brings you over to her little, like, seedling, like, her little plant bed that she keeps in her room. There's, like, little herbs. She's like, this is a leaf. She points at it. Which kind, what, which plant is it? Um. Or just a, it just is a regular leaf looking Imagine just, just, imagine just a little sprout with a leaf, just one leaf sticking out of it. I imagine Maris just kind of gets really close to it, like, get really into, like, the, the fine details to be like, whoa. Touch it. Real gentle, though. This is the strongest and most intense scent that you've ever experienced of something that wasn't dead. Can I roll constitution to see if I sneeze on the leaf? You sure can. Perfect. I'm hoping I don't. Ooh. Oh, 16. Okay, you do not sneeze on this leaf and you ruin Sukunkana's uh, <laughs> herb garden. Perfect. I definitely pull back, though, and I'm like, oh! Yeah. Oh, so, oh yeah, that's awesome, Sukunkana. <laughs> uh, leaves, man. You got- and I have all these other ones. She points, like, she's got, like, a, like a mugwort. I don't know. Um, some yarrow. Other very smelly plants. <laughs> This one, and she points at this one. I don't know what it's called, but there's this little furry plant that's like kind of looks like a tiny fern, and they sit flat on the ground. She's like, watch this, and she takes one out, and she puts it in her mouth, and she chews it. Wide-eyed, wide-eyed, <laughs> Maris is just like, oh my god. They're really bitter, and she spits it out on her hand, and she rubs it all over her hand, and she's like, this is good for bug bites. Not that bugs exist, but um, if I turn into a bug and I bite you, then you can make it look better. <laughs> You want to taste it? It's bitter. Yeah. <laughs> she takes off like a little piece and she gives it to you. So slowly, <laughs> so slowly. Maris just in her little talons just brings it and like puts it in between her teeth, like not quite touching the tongue and then just kind of like, yummy. So the aromatic nature of this as well, it's pretty overwhelming and the feeling of it is very foreign to you because having something that is plant-based, even like near your mouth or in your hands or all this, it's super foreign and very unusual. But you do feel compelled to like, you know, taste it a little bit. The curiosity is there. My main point is that, like, like these kind of things can be used as medicine. Um, and I know that that's, like, your whole shtick. I know I don't have a lot, but I, one day I want, want to have, like, more stuff. But this is all I can do right now. Are there other kinds of leaves? Uh, this one, she points out a different leaf. And she's like, this one um, makes stew taste really good. Sage. Roger that. <laughs> Sorry, I say that, not Maris, obviously. <laughs> Are there other leaves, like, other than what you have? Like, in the world? Yeah. Uh, probably not. Unless, you know, there's other other people like me who grow them. 
You see this stuff, and she grabs the, the, the dirt. She grabs a little pinch of dirt, and she puts it in your hand. Oh, okay. Remember I was telling you about dirt? Dirt? Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> I don't hate it, though. What do I do with it? Put it back. Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> like panicking, like rubbing my hand, trying to be like, oh my, oh my, I'm not, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I don't, <laughs> I'm not stealing. It's okay. It's all right. There is one over to the side. Uh, I do want to say that you have like one single carrot. Special carrot. Yeah. Do we eat it? <laughs> no. Like, can I grow more carrots? Is this the only one? Uh, you've never tried. What? Is this the eternal carrot? How long should carrots live? You just, you, you just, you, all you, you know is that it has like the top part and then like you pulled it up once and there's a long orange thing and I feel like you were probably like, oh, and then you put it back because <laughs> like orange is like, oh, color, like holy shit. How did you, how do you make these um, or did you find them? Vague magic. <laughs> oh, okay. Roger that. I mean, I got this dirt. It's what I was, came out of, like how you come out of an egg, I came out of the dirt. Are you a leaf? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> oh my god. That feels like a normal oh, I was not ready for that. Trajectory. Does it remind me of the Dragon Ball of Bridge thing? Are are you a Yoshi? <laughs> um, I do have this over here. Uh and she, she points to like this like this like long like fluffy stalks, which is the, the, the top of a carrot. She's like, You wanna see something crazy? Yes. Yes I do. You want to, have you ever seen anything in the world that's the same color as 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 like as like y- your eyes? No. Check this shit out. She pulls up. <laughs> she pulls up the top of the, it's like she pulls some of the dirt away from the carrot and she's like, "Check this shit out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really know what to do with this. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't really. Uh, I think. I think from from the conversations I've had with the god that tells me everything that happens is it seems like I don't really like choose what grows. I just kind of have this plant here. Oh, so your god gives you the magic to make You know, like the omnipotent the- voice. <laughs> She's talking about me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it So exists. your Brian gives you the magic to make <laughs> plants. Do you want to be brave with me? and Do you want to try to eat this thing? I've never tried it before. I I had a full rest. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a long rest. I'm ready to eat this. Okay, she, she pulls out the carrot. Uh, it has like the long spindly white bit at the very end. You know how like when you pull a carrot out and it's got and it's got like one little leg off to the side. Just a just a little one. Aw. Um she most certainly cleans it off with some water to get all the dirt off because she's like, I know you're not supposed to eat this stuff because I tried it one time. It's gross. Oh, not good. Oh. <laughs> so you guys are assaulted with a very uh unusual smell. Uh, because it's like car- carrots have a distinct smell. I wouldn't know. It's pretty sweet and a little bitter. Uh, it's it smells very fresh. You're very interested in what the flavor of this could be. And Sukunkana can smell this, even though Grim can't. <laughs> uh, so Sukunkana like looks at the little nub and she just rips it off <laughs> unceremoniously. It is a big enough nub that if you break it in half, you two could each have a piece of nub. Yeah. She breaks off powder of the mu- nub, and then I think I don't know. Maybe she'll put the rest of the carrot back in the ground. <laughs> uh, so she's like, "Here," and she she gives you half of the nub, and she's like, "Bottoms up." Uh, I clink my nub to her nub. <laughs> <laughs> Dink it and sink it. Mutually eat a carrot. I'm readying my healing action. <laughs> like I'm readying an action for healing. So as you two bite into this thing that you know to be a carrot, your teeth crunch down and it makes a really pleasing noise and you can feel the pieces sort of separate and as you sort of continue to chew it more and more, 
it sort of dances on your tongue pretty soft and eventually becomes sort of a carrot mush. It's very aromatic. You have a lot of senses that are sort of firing. You can hear the auditory joy of it. The, the taste of it is 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 very interesting. What? What is it? What? Are you thinking about Ratatouille? D&D is describing eating a carrot for the first time with your friends. Yeah. This is the dumbest <laughs> shit in the world. <laughs> and as, as you begin to, like, taste this for the first time ever vegetable, I'm going to say that you get sort of a cosmic understanding of veganism. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> I was going to make a vegan joke. I'm so happy. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Yes. Now, now Maris and Condemned have one more thing to bond over. I guess. <laughs> oh my god, I have to change my whole character arc after this. Whew, I was sitting on that one for a while. Wait, that carrot couldn't be vegan though, right? Because the only way that it could possibly be fertilized is using animal products. Just like because of the world that we live in. Sukunkana came with a barrel full of magic dirt. Oh, so the dirt is still magical, so it's still fertilized? Apparently. Yeah. All right. Okay. Never mind. Fertilized with magic. And also, it grows random vegetables and herbs. The three of you are unaware of the fact that it's magic. <laughs> Listen, dirt. if we start poking too many holes in this plot, yeah, that's all I got to say. Is enough. Do you want the funny carrot eating moment or not? The carrot eating moment. Well, I think that's enough shenanigans. Uh, I'm gonna assume Sukunkana and Maris do things like you know brush each other's hair. <laughs> Or head. Do do silly things. Uh, I would like to picture this as like after we have our cute little ratatouille eating cheese and grapes moment where like the colors are dancing and we like snuggle down for bed. And then I like to picture it that we're both like laying on our stomachs facing each other like fists under our chin like giddy school kids as you would <laughs> getting ready to gossip. Yes. But Maris is, um, Maris is just kind of like, so where did your mom come from? How old is your mom? Well, she didn't come out of dirt like I did. <laughs> Kasu tried to talk to me once about, like, procreation, and I was like, I'm not interested in any aspect oh, of that. No, no. But oh. she could talk to you about that. No, that's not what I... But... <laughs> that's not... I didn't... I just meant old. How old is she? Because, you know, I probably shouldn't say this, but since we're having a sleepover... <laughs> Claymore said that he knew someone that was named Gromdu. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was just wondering, like, like that's not a common name, probably. I just wonder if Gromdu knows anything about anything. Uh, Brian, what I know of Gromdu is like a hereditary name. Like, you get it when you become the next matriarch or whatever. Uh, no. Uh, Kama has not talked to you about that at all. Um, well, my sister's name is Mor Andu. So, like, it could just be that the am, amdu part is, like, part of the name, and then the first syllable is, like, I should probably know more about the Orcish language than I do. <laughs> yeah, because Claymore said that the Gromdu he knew was from an Orc clan, but that they were also humanish hmm. or human. Do I know anything about this stuff? Can I roll history to see if I remember anything? Uh, you can roll history, yeah. I'm proficient in that. Your girl got a 20. Oh, shit. All right. I would say that you would know it's not unusual for orcs to adopt people into their society, especially half-orcs, as your mother and sister are, because there's often a sort of... In, in historical settings, there was a lot of uh, discrimination against them, and so if others were cast away or if they were lost, they would not be against adopting them into their culture um so it's not uncommon to adopt people in orchid culture like me so you know they could have just adopted her it might be best just ask Kama more about orcish history and you know 
see if she had any ancestors of the same name. She might have told me at some point, but, like, your girl don't listen sometimes. That's fair. You've got other things, you know, you got your leaves. Yeah, I spent a lot of time being really depressed. <laughs> what a mood. I mean, <laughs> same. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to Connie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything that you're looking to do uh, on your way back to the forge or bed? No. Is it eat a carrot with your best friend? No, no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, man. Like, I wish... I, I, I did try to think of something while you guys were having that, like, big, long deal. But I'm just like, what would Condemn do? Condemn would go to bed. Yeah, he goes around. <laughs> he, just, he just goes home. Like, we switch, like, Condemn's entire night, okay? Does a little bow. Walks home. Looks up into look looks up into you know the sky. Thinks very briefly a little bit about some of the things that Kunkana has said about the stars. Maybe goes into the wave. Puts his uh puts his bag back under his bunk. Makes sure no one has stolen any of his stuff. Goes to sleep. Give me a perception check, real quick. Oh, cool. Content. <laughs> Dice rolls in this economy. Yeah. Three. Okay. Uh, you, everything's normal. There's nobody around. You don't notice anything. That's so normal. There is nothing under your bed. Yeah. Cool. What about in my closet? <laughs> Connie doesn't get a closet. He does get a uh, like a bunk at the foot of his bed, or like what's the word? Like a drawer. Like a chest. Like a chest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's mostly just oh, like I love that. You know. Clothes that other people would need that you don't. So yeah, you go to bed. Yeah. And then we all wake up. Thank God. <laughs> we all die in our sleep. As the three of you wake up, you suddenly realize that Sukunkana and Maris, you're staring down into a circular pit and you're standing in a crowd of people. Everyone's chanting and yelling and cheering. And as they do, uh, the two of you realize what you're looking down into this pit and seeing and there's two figures standing in the pit one of them is a man wearing a gray set of pants a dirty white tank top in his bare feet whose hair reaches to his shoulders with a confident and joyful look in his eyes the other is the familiar visage of condemned i mind linked to condemned <laughs> uh condemned as you begin to take in the surroundings you recognize that you are definitely 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 in a fight pit okay connie there's crowds of people yelling and yelling around at you. Uh, there's chanting. There's people who are screaming right directly at your face and spitting down onto the ground. And there's, there's exactly the same amount of people doing the same thing to this other man. And he looks up at you and he says, Okay, all right. Oh. Oh, he stretches and he uh, cracks all of his knuckles in his neck. And he says, all right, oh, let's get to work. Do I have any, like dream memory of what uh, what's going on you know when you're in a dream you have like a vague idea of what's going on no none all right okay well i look around shrug <laughs> weird dream i guess i put up my fist i'm not sure what uh what else to do here so yeah no he says yeah it is a dream and he pounds your fist and then you roll initiative all right, cool. Wait, what does this guy look like that he's fighting? Oh, yeah, good question. What's the name of the man I'm about to not kill? Uh, you don't have a name for him. Wink. <laughs> Was it like a cage? Sorry, not the name, the appearance. Uh, he is a man wearing a gray set of baggy pants, a dirty white tank top in his bare feet, whose hair reaches to his shoulders with a confident and joyful look in his eyes. Okay, cool. Do either of us recognize him? Nope. 
All right. Well, I got a 19 on my initiative. Okay, wonderful. Damn. Are we inside? You are in a very warm, crowded building. So as the two of you uh, pound fists and you can hear Sukunkana link to your mind and say your name. Right. Sukun, uh, what's going on? I don't know. Um, You want me to help you cheat in this fight? <laughs> <laughs> this is dream, yes? Yeah, so like there's no repercussions for cheating. Well, no reason to cheat then. Ooh, I love that counter argument. <laughs> it's a good counter argument. She's like, like, oh, okay. I, I mean, I guess I'm gonna go walk around. Puts the marbles <laughs> you're about to throw down back in your pocket. Cheating is dishonorable in any case. In a real fight, tricks are necessary. In a contest of skill, defeats the purpose. Yeah. All right. Well, have fun. Good luck. Watch me get my ass beat. My turn. Yeah. All right, homie. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm just gonna make an. Attack roll against this guy, then. Sure. Let's do the thing. All right, that's not too bad. That's uh, plus six, right? 24 to hit? Yep, that hits. Fuck yeah. Okay, and are we both, like, unarmored right now? Uh, No, you you both have... Well, he's not wearing armor, but you are still wearing your armor. But you don't have your javelins on you, your, your weapons. Do I have my shield, or are we just doing fisticuffs? You can bring your shield with you. Well, then I guess I have my shield. If we're just doing the standard thing, then we're doing the standard thing. All right. Mm-hmm. So then I'm going to punch him, mm-hmm. and I assume that is a hit. So I'm using my D6. So that is a six to hit. A six damage? Six damage. Yes. All right. Do you, where, where, where is the intent to punch here? Oh, I got to narrate a little bit, but I want to do it with your intent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should probably do all that, like flare shit huh all right just just tell me where you're punching yeah so what i'm gonna do then is i'm gonna aim for a straightforward i'm gonna try and test this guy out so he's just going to aim for a powerful shot just straight to uh straight to the chest basically okay see what kind of guard this guy's got uh as you run forward you do a bit of a, a sliding stop shield in front of you uh ready for the blow that is inevitably going to come yeah as you straight through with your uh backhand uh, he catches it square in the chest, yeah. and you can see his his body sort of like fold in as uh, you leave a nice, defined, gigantic Goliath-sized fist print directly in the middle of his chest. It's sort of like a moment pop pauses where he says, "Ha ha ha! Oh, it's good to be back!" Uh, and then he turns and he punches you right back. All right. Oh, Boise, Idaho! Does he ever hit you? Oh, cool! Hit me, Chief. Uh, he takes his palm as you are close enough to him mm-hmm. and he sort of hits you directly in the jaw uh, sort of a almost an uppercut motion yep. and you take a good fancy 10 damage okay well as it does so your back your neck sort of snapping back as he does all so right, I'm gonna use my reaction do a stone's endurance on that one mm-hmm. so that is uh 15 so Okay. Uh, I just reduce all the damage. So instead of your, your your head snapping back as it was, you practically you strengthen your jaw and you practically bite into the punch as you sort of Ooh. barely move. Yeah, I headbutt his fist. It's practically like he punched a statue. <laughs> Stops right immediately. It's your turn. Oh, fuck, that's badass. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> uh, do you want to get this really started? <laughs> Let's see what you got. <laughs> Maris screams from the top of the pit. Good. Yeah, yeah so does Sukunkana. Uvar. People are like losing their minds even if it's just started. <laughs> so I'm going to use my bonus action and I grow in size to one size larger. So I'm now standing about... Uh, oh, oh, shit, no, yeah. The pit's not big enough. So I'm standing like, what am I? 
12-ish feet tall now? Uh, yeah, so you're, I think you were about seven and a half feet tall or so, yeah. and you grow one size larger in all dimensions, so you grow up to be about 12 feet tall. Yeah, something like that. We're gonna need a bigger pit. <laughs> you do take up a good portion, like, you don't, like, get to the ceiling, mm-hmm. but, like, you're pretty close. So I'm gonna try and, uh, hit him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably not a hit, that's a 10. Uh, a 10 does not hit. Okay. Uh, are you you doing like a like a chop down or like a punch down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I grow to like giant size, and I guess I'm just gonna try and like backhand him with my gauntlets. Okay. As as you go for this backhand, he grabs onto it as you do so, mm-hmm. uh, and just sort of like redirects it over his head and past his body as you sort of swing your fist back and open yourself up a bit for an attack. Ah, goddamn monks! He goes in for the strike. Okay. He uses the momentum of you flowing through to try to get an elbow to uh, cross down and hit you in your now very large and exposed knee, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he just definitely misses because he wasn't expecting you to grow as big as you were. Up next is you. Uh, The other two of you, how are you doing? I'm looking for a hot dog vendor. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Looking for a guy with some carrots. Uh... Hot dog, vegan hot dog. It's just a carrot in the bun. Oh, do you guys remember the Weekenders? Uh, Tish from yes. the Weekenders. Yes. He had carrot dogs. Yeah. Yes. That show made me gay for sure. Lore shout out. I for sure want to roll perception to see if I can see any 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 uh as I think Marilyn has said before any hinky in the area. Okay. Uh, give me a perception check then. I forgot that was the word. I got a ten. Can I scope out the crowd to see if anyone looks weird? Slash, can I also ask Claymore if he's ever seen something like this? Like a, f- a pit where there's a fight at the bottom and people watch. Okay, sure. Uh, so you got a 10. Uh, you look around. Everything seems all right. Nothing seems too hinky. This is this is just seems like a rowdy bunch. They seem like a lot of bounty hunters and barbarians and, and pirates and the like. And there's a few rich folk up in the top rafters. You can tell that they're rich because they're dressed very clean and fancy. Versus everybody else who looks very dirty and full of beard and stuff. As for uh, Maris, you wanted to look around in the crowd to see if anybody looks kind of off? Yeah, like looks at, like off or just kind of like, I don't want to say like familiar, but like if there's anything that kind of kind of hinky. <laughs> kind of hinky. Okay, so as, as, you, as you begin to look left and right and then left again, and then there's a guy standing there in like uh, very nice pristine armor. It's got like a golden dragon emblazoned on the front of it. It's very intentionally sort of shiny and intended to be looked at and it's super, super clean. Uh, and he says to you like, oh, this is amazing. This is uh, quite incredible actually. Uh, Claymore? How, uh, it's nice uh, It's nice to be around here. Oh, hello. It's so nice to see what the two of you look like. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's so nice to be out once in a while. Where are we exactly? I thought you said that the world was frozen. Uh, and Connie, I think it's your turn. Yes. So I got a ten. So basically, when he, tr- uh, when my opponent, when my opponent tried to hit my knee, okay. All right, everybody listening. Marilyn is having a fucking meltdown over the fact that she just met Claymore in person. <laughs> ah! <laughs> We're trying not to disturb you. Okay. So condemned is gonna try and kick his opponent with the same leg that uh, the guy just tried to kneecap, but I assume the ten misses. 
so you two are doing making an attempt at exchanging blows, but you just seem to both be a little bit too deft with your maneuvers. Uh, the, crowd, the crowd is getting a little bit bored with it at this point. You should be you should be doing more damage to each other. They want to see blood. They want to see the violence that comes. Why do they hear if they're not going to hit each other? Hey, in our defense, we're both hit. We're both rolling high enough that we're only missing because we're dodging. So and as as this uh, is apparent to. Uh, the individual who is now, yeah, who is your combat partner, he sort of looks around and he sees that people aren't really loving it. And as he does so, he sort of trips over his own feet and falls at yours. And it's your turn again because he rolled a one. Ah, nice. Okay. Well, time for me to make an attack. You going to do a stomp? Yeah. I'm going to try and stomp the boy. Mm-hmm. With advantage, obviously. Kick him while they're down. Okay, so that's a 21 to hit. Okay, that hits. Eight plus two, so ten points of bludgeoning damage. All right. And I'm going to action surge, and I'm going to fucking do it again. Okay. Are you going to, like, stomp, and then you're going to, like, lean on it kind of thing? Yeah, okay. So what I'm going to try and do is I... Okay, so he stomps down. As he stomps down, he uses that foot to kind of, like, lift himself up and try to stomp back down again on top of him. All right. But I rolled a three, so I'm going to say that I just kind of, like probably just land to his side or something i'm gonna go with the involvement of the other person in this as well sure so as you stomp on him the first time he's laying down he sees the other foot coming and uh he uses his uh incredible bulky muscles to sort of just move your leg to the side just enough to get out of the way to get Mm. to to not get stomped again what kind of monk invests into strength anyway as he does so he uh quickly sort of kips up Mm. and he goes for a uh stomp on one of your toes okay which he which he super gets, I think, with a dirty 20. That is a hit. And as he does so, he slams it down. He does 10 damage to your toe. I think that it's sort of like a uh, very specific karate chop right sort of on the end where the toenail meets the foot or meets the toe. Oh, okay. Ow. And then he looks up at you and he says, You're doing quite well, Nakon. This is awkward. I seem to have forgotten your name. <laughs> You've forgotten... <laughs> And the other two of you, what are you doing? Well, I'm losing my shit. So I just assume Maris is losing their shit. Yeah. Sikin kind of is also losing her shit. Okay. So what does my boy look like? I know he's wearing good armor. Sorry, I just really hope that you two like get really involved and then you look back and you just see like this long-haired, beautiful man just like kicking condemned skull in. <laughs> yeah. We'll deal with that later. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, uh, he is human. He is blonde. He has a very fancy mustache. It looks like like a Seven Deadly Sins ass mustache. I don't know if you guys know what that looks like. It's sort of like very vibrant and furry, and it goes out and then it sort of curls up on both sides and comes in just a little bit. Uh, his hair is quite uh, short at the front, but then it's long in the back. He has a mullet. <gasps> My boy has a mullet. And he's got blue eyes. Oh, uh, Condemn just went and vomited in his fridge. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I get it. We're all jealous of what Claymore looks like. No. But he's very confident in the way that he's looking around. He's very happy. He seems very comfortable in this sort of setting. And he's excited to see both of you. He's like, oh, oh you're both so uh, uh, beautiful. It's uh, quite fascinating. I can't wait to see what's going on down here. Uh, is that... Uh, what's, is, is one of those two uh, the other... The... The... the Oh, he, he sounds like he speaks giant. One of them probably, right? Probably the big fella. I also speak giant for the record. You also the big speak one. Gi- the big one? Okay, wonderful. Uh, and he like scoots down further and close as he can get. He's sort of like looking over and he's practically like a kid watching television. He's very excited. Claymore! Claymore! 
knock on, it's your turn. <laughs> so it is. <laughs> um, I'm down 10 hit points, but I think I'm going to take a bit of a risk, and I'm not going to use second wind just yet. So I'm going to make an attack roll using Whitey here. Okay. That's a no. That's a 13. That hits? Actually, okay. Yep. Maybe he's not a monk. Well, 2d6. So that is 13 points of bludgeoning damage. All right. So what I want to do, so he, sorry, what did he try to do? He tried to punch? Uh, so he brought his hand down in a karate chop, or like a, like a chop motion down on your toenail. Oh, right. Okay. So after he does that, Condemned is going to like take the hit and then reflexively just kick up and try and punt him against the wall. Okay. Uh, so as you do that, uh, you, you sort of kick up with uh, the soreness in your toe clearly very fresh yeah uh, and you kick up against him as he sort of takes it and he sort of like you're wearing sandals probably right of sorts boots of something uh if i'm wearing my normal stuff then it's like you know standard greaves like bone greaves okay as you as you kick him he grabs onto the bottom of the greaves and sort of gets pushed back a little bit and as he does so he begins to center his gravity into a nice deep horse stance as he tries to lift you and flip you over his head oh cool so i got to uh, contested strength check well guess who has advantage on strength checks when they're large size this guy all right that's plus six so the white one rolled me a total of 10 and the blue one rolled me a total of nat 20 plus six so i feel oh, pretty shit. good about that one shit Oh my God. <laughs> Got him. Uh, so as he begins, you can feel yourself being lifted off the ground just a little bit. And as you do so, you, you reorient your gravity and you sort of lean forward. And he's much smaller than you are, so this isn't super hard. Um, but using the momentum that he has against you, you sort of push your foot back down and you land back on top of him. Roll me, because you are enormous, a d12. Ye. Plus your strength modifier. All right. Uh, 8 plus 4, so 12 points of damage to him. Okay. As this happens, you hear an audible... <laughs> Everybody else can just see, like, arms and legs, and he just has enough room to, like, bend his elbows as you just sort of, like, see him pap, pap, pap as he... Uh, puts in the towel okay as it were i take I, I immediately take my foot off and i do the thing where i extend my hand down to him your giant hand yeah can i get a perception check from the other two of you pulls a knife oh good show good show fantastic wonderful wonderful it's been so long i got a 21 i got a 13 but that makes sense because i'm staring at my boy <laughs> mm-hmm Okay, so uh, Sukunkana, as Connie is gigantic and he's reaching down to uh, help this guy up, you can see that on his face he doesn't have the tattooed marking. That said he was a murderer. As far as he looks, he is currently an unaltered Goliath. Okay, Sukunkana mind links to Connie and she's like, Hey, Connie? Yep. Can you like do a little like, can you like, like wave your hand in the arm for me right now? Uh, do it. I've, I've, I've helped the guy up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As he takes your hand up, it's like, okay, yeah. one more so time. Just... My name is Errol. Uh, okay. For some reason, I've been getting a lot of blows to the head. Really? It's as much your fault as it is mine. Well, you know what? That's a fair point. But you want me to write it down for you next time? And he, he pats you on the thigh because you're enormous. Uh, and he laughs. Yeah. Condemned shrinks, shrinks down. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he waves his arm. Do I see him wave his arm? Yep. Hey, Connie? 
Yes. Uh, your face tattoo's not there. He, like, stops. He just, like, pauses. Interesting. Yeah, I was just making sure that it was actually you. You know what I mean? Could have been some witch shit. You know? The formal name. That's fair, I I suppose. I don't really know about witch things, but... Well, someone could have made, like, a, like a, like an illusory clone of you, and I just wanted to make sure that, like, they didn't. Sure. So, like, what are, what are we doing here? What's the what's the plan? What's the game? What are we doing here? Sukun kind of turns around, and she looks up at the rich people. <laughs> uh, the rich people are throwing, like, tons and tons of money. Also, because it's funny for me, it's all Electro. <laughs> just tons of it. <laughs> uh, can I do another, like, scan of, like, the crowd? Yep. Do a perception check, please. I got a twenty-two this time, which makes because she's trying harder is 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 the in character reason. Yeah, uh, when you're looking around the crowd, uh, you see that there's the man who's down at the bottom, uh, uh, down in the pit with Connie, who Connie knows his name to be Errold now. And then as you scan the crowd, uh, you see his face a few more times as you look around. He seems to be uh, up with. He's one of the rich people. He's one of the uh, pit fighter or pit fighters lined up. He's one of the. Can I cast detect magic? Nope, because you wake up. Damn it! <laughs> no. And you're all level four. <gasps> hey. Oh shit! What? One step closer to my masterpiece. I don't know what I'm doing, but one step to that. <laughs> Everybody, I would like to give uh, you all an opportunity to give a quick couple sentence rundown of the new things that you've got. All right, so let's start with Marilyn. Hi, I bumped up my strength uh, because I'm tough. <laughs> and I was able to snag a command, which is a cool spell because I can be like, do this thing in one word and then they do it, maybe. <laughs> and stronger and more authoritative. Yeah. All the power of a Wendy supervisor. <laughs> yeah. Connie. Nailed it. All right. Uh, Condemned got Tavern Brawler, which is kind of funny because I'm sober, <laughs> uh, which allows him to grapple people after he's punched them. And allows him to use improvised weapons to hit them over the head. I thought you were already doing that. Uh, it lets me do it easier. It just makes him better at it. Oh, retro that. Cool, cool, cool. Fuck yeah. On brand. The real reason I'm getting it is because this is my fucking the right arm of Exodia thing. And around level six, you'll see what's happening. Uh, Grim. Uh, so Sukukana is also now level four. And she took the feet spell sniper so that means that whenever she casts a spell attack that has range it gets doubled and she took the cantrip primal savagery also she can turn into fish now <laughs> yeah Ooh. yeah she can turn into fish now poisson the poisson what's the word for fish let me find it real fast speed run fish any percent Kyaku, i think uh, that's the general word for fish all right Sukukana and Maris, as you two awaken, you can both feel uh, on the back of your neck and on your forehead and uh, in your armpits and on your legs, you feel very sweaty uh, and anxious. Sukukana mind links with Maris and she's like, do you think it was that orange thing that we ate? (laughs) Oh, oh no. Oh no. Oh my God. How long were you sitting on that? Five seconds. It just came to me. Uh, Claymore says, oh, you ate something orange? Uh, oh, man, oh, I'm back here again. Oh, well, okay. Hey, Claymore, did you know that place? I've never been there before. That was quite a good time, though. I've, I've, oh, it's nice to walk around a little bit and get the old legs out. Yeah, great, great. Uh, did you know that guy that was fighting in the ring with Connie? 
he was famous back in the day. His name was Errol. He was he was a famous pit fighter and adventurer. Oh. Uh, he was also a great smith as well. Uh, he's good at putting things together, weaponry mostly. <gasps> great information. Can you tell me more about him? Like, how did he die? Uh, well, I, I I died before he did. Mm. Oh, great. Was he a good dude? I never met him, except for this was. Did kind you of, hear good things? I didn't hear bad things. I don't know about good things. Well, that's something. He was, was just like just like us, adventurers, yeah? good friends, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do have to get back to thinking about that thing, though. Great, I, I'll talk uh, to you, bye. Could you, take, could you take me off, give me some little privacy? Uh, yeah, but I do have, like, one quick question. Uh, fine. Is that what your body looked like when you were alive, like, all blonde and mulleted? Handsome, right? Very. <laughs> that was you? Yeah, great. What do you think? Uh, top notch. Top uh. notch. It means a lot coming from you, as now that I've seen what you look like, you're, you're quite the catch yourself. Anyway. Sicken kind of leaves the call. <laughs> Take me off. I need to think about how to get back to my former glory. Okay. Or, or per- perhaps even better. Perhaps a, a better glory. In his soul, he is he is uh, flattening his eyebrows as well. Flattening his eyebrows, kind of like twisting his mustache, just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll take him off and I'll put him back on the, on the chain. Uh, Condemned, you also wake up in a very cold sweat. Okay. Condemned wakes up. And he's going to put his hand up to his face and he's going to feel over the familiar, the very slight raised skin uh, where the tattoo is. It's still there. Yeah. Is that comforting? Is <laughs> I want to know the, the internals here. Okay. If, if we're doing the internals, he puts his hand over the slightly raised skin where the tattoo is. And there's this sense of... When you have gone to sleep and you dreamed about not doing uh, a task or like, you know, not having schoolwork done or something like that. And you wake up and you realize that's not the case, that you had done the thing or you were in the process and like you were meeting that responsibility. You realize that you have not shirked your duties. You are in the world that you went to sleep in. Yeah. And he feels that strange sort of relief. Mm -hmm. Give me a perception check. I'm intrigued. Nine. So, uh, I, don't worry. It next that, character is going to be an expertise perception bar. Uh, so guys. an assassin pops out from under your bed. Fuck! Uh, stabs you in the brain. <laughs> no, you do not have an assassin pop out from under your bed. Uh, there's a stranger in the bed next to you. In the bed next to me? He's asleep. Super, super, super asleep. Okay, so to clarify, we mean like not my bed, but another yeah, bed. Yeah, uh, the bed that is next to yours. Yes, okay. Because you are in sort of a barracks of sorts. Community housing. He's definitely asleep. His stuff looks pretty dirty, like he's been on the road for quite a while by himself. You can recognize that look specifically. Yeah. Condemn makes a mental note of it to, uh, you know, probably to, like, check in with the guy, see what's up, if they're going to be sleeping a few feet apart, mm-hmm. uh, if it's convenient next morning, and he will return to sleep. Okay. Wait. First, he flips the sheets over so that the non-sweat-stained side is touching his skin. Clever. Okay. So it is. it is morning, and the three of you are able to... You know, go about your day a little bit if you wish. You want to go to the Bone Forge and stuff and start work. It is that time. Uh, yeah. Is uh, is newbie awake as well when Condemned wakes up? Nope. Fair enough. And nobody has come to get him. They seem to be giving him time. All right. Just like they gave you time when you showed up. That is fair. Although I imagine the Condemned would have not let them give him time. Yeah. I imagine he would have like come in, spent one night, and then like showed up and like, what can I do? What can I help yeah. with? Yeah. Ready for work. Job's done. The two of you, you are 
awake. It is time to be awake. At the very least, for one of you, this is the normal time at which you wake up. She's doing her best to be a changed woman. Yeah. Remember? Are you going to fall asleep or not? Uh, well, what time did the dream wake up? Uh, so it is It is definitely like morning. By our standards, about 7.30, 8 o'clock. She definitely drags herself to whatever version of a, of a dining area that we have. Yeah. It's the same table that you guys had dinner at yesterday. In comparison, there is like another room where there's more larger gatherings that have, you have a much larger table there. This is like the personal uh, Amdu family food area. Are the Amdus there or? Grandma is waiting. Yeah. Guru Amdu is there. Is there, is there morning broth? Yep. Stukun kind of gets the, the heck out of some broth. Mm-hmm. She's definitely walking around inside of a blanket. Yeah. Just like you right now. Just because she's trying her best to wake up in the morning doesn't mean she's good at it. It's, yep. Guru Amdu <laughs> says... Oh, good morning to you two. Hope you slept well. Kisuk Wishnam, Kama. And to you, daughter. Good morning. Hey. Good morning, yes. Great night. Thank you so much for letting me stay in your place. Of course, yes. Do you have time today to go for a walk or to have a chat with me? Uh, I have uh, a few moments before I must start my, my duty. Do you want to talk here or do you want to talk in private? In private, maybe, if that's okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Sukunkana, uh, don't fall asleep in your food again. Huh? Uh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Burns her nose on it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's go right now then, so I can uh, we can get this out of the way. Oh, sorry. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, she takes you to a uh, a private meeting room that is meant for one on one conversation specifically because she does have these quite often with more council members and stuff. Mm-hmm. But she's taken you here and it's it looks very uh, pristine and clean and just sort of like a professional. You feel sort of out of place. But she says, OK, what is it that you need to talk about? I think that Maris is kind of standing there like with her like hands clasped kind of in front of her and like looking down, like kind of like unsure. But they I think like after a second is just kind of like. Gromdu, I, I've been talking to a couple of people and I've been learning a couple of things about my grandfather and I know I know that you guys were fairly close. I was wondering if there was anything about his past you could tell me. Anything specifically, you know, about him coming here. I know that I, I know that he kinda came here with me and that was all that most people knew. I was wondering if you could shed any light because I I've been feeling like I've been slipping away from him and I would really like to kind of get that closure and, and and feel that connection again. I'm also, that's kind of, I want to kind of tug on the heartstrings. So that's me kind of wanting to do a persuasion a little bit. That's me kind of playing uh, up the sad. Sure. Hit me with a persuasion check. It needs to be persuaded. I don't see. Fuck. That's a nat one plus four. Five. Aww. Shitty. Uh, well, I knew your grandfather for quite a long time. He was uh, very important to the community as uh, the resident alchemist, and not many people wanted to take on that job because it requires a certain delicate touch that a lot of us are honestly unable to match. He entrusted you quite a lot with that. I know that it's a lot of pressure, but it's, it's very important. As you said, it was very obvious when he arrived that he had a child with him, and obviously that was you. We knew each other for a very long time. He came here because he knew about about me. And we'd known each other for a bit before here as well. And I accepted him into the community because, because of you. There was a bit of a falling out between us before. But I couldn't turn away 
a child of your age. It wouldn't be right. It wouldn't sit right with what we've built here. I don't want to talk more about what happened between us. That's okay. I want to respect that, but was he a good person? Through and through, he always wanted to do the right thing and the best thing and what he thought was the right thing to do. That doesn't feel yes or no. Everybody has their own perspective on what is or isn't the right thing to do in any given situation. I don't have the capacity within myself to separate into binaries of what is good and what is not good. Does it make sense to call someone good if they are killing someone for the right reason? Murder is a, a great crime against people in general, but we live in a world where that's what must be ha- what must happen. At those words, I think Maris kind of finds a comfort because they had murdered Fang's friend. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that someone older and like, you know, very respectable is kind of like, we have to murder because it's the right, th- like, because we feel it's the right thing. And I think, I think those words are a comfort for Maris. Uh, are you, are you okay, child? You look a little, I know that what you went through, you told me what happened and it's not fair that we have to put people in these positions. It's unfair. I think that there's a lot of unfairness that I didn't realize. And I want to know where I stand in this world to be able to set the balance, to just make it more balanced. It feels very, it just, it doesn't feel right. The more that I'm realizing in this world, it's just not like, it's just not right. And I want, I need to know where I came from and where my grandfather came from. That's the only family I knew. Where in the world is that place for us that we can, so we can make it better? Maris, the honest truth of the situation is that the only person who can determine what is right for you is you. A guiding light in the world is what you're looking for, and you're looking for someone to tell you what to do, but nobody can. It, it might feel that way right now, but once you find it, you'll feel more free than you ever did. I have to go. I have my daily duties and I have to do a lot of working and a lot of talking to a lot of much less interesting people. So I want to give you a hug because I feel a great kinship with you and you are sort of like a a niece to me. If that is all right with you. I think I would like that, actually. Okay. Uh, She she comes over and she gives you a hug and uh, for the first time in your life, you are hugging someone that is warmer than you are. I don't know how to take that. That's wild. <laughs> fuck? I'm a lizard. <laughs> a fire-breathing a lizard. spicy lizard. With that, she hugs you and uh, she says, all right, uh, I must be on my way. You can stay here uh, for the rest of the day if you like, or you can you can go. You can stay. Just know that you can stay as long here as you like. She gives you a quick pat on the shoulder as she leaves. Sukunkana, your food is really good. Oh, it's so good. I put some leaves in it in the night when they weren't looking. Like... <laughs> It pales in comparison to the orange thing. Damn. Damn. <laughs> that orange thing gives you weird dreams. That's the real character growth of this whole podcast is veganism. Yeah, sneaking sneaking leaves into soup and thinking, dreaming about carrots. You guys have, from this point on, about a week and a half sort of our time until uh, you sort of have to start doing stuff. Do you have anything that you want to do? In that week and a half. I would like to make a gentle suggestion for Maris. Mm-hmm. You're an alchemist. You can make healing potions, theoretically. Yeah, I was also thinking that. Healing objects. <laughs> like a like a like a healing soap. <laughs> <laughs> I want Maris to walk in 
in the next adventure after condemned is like putting on like this stuff that smells like fucking old gym feet <laughs> to give him like three temporary hit points and they're just like oh here have this like 2d4 thing yeah <laughs> that's that's the growth we want just like opens up smells like roses I see how it is. Or she could like fine tune that <laughs> or something. Expend some of her crafting stamina just to put together some stuff for the road. Even if like it couldn't even be healing stuff. Like what kind of things can a low level alchemist make? Uh, in fact, I think our, our uh, witchcraft stuff goes up a bit at level four if I remember right. Level, level five. five. It goes with proficiency bonus. Yeah. Level five. Either way, she might be able to make something. I'm trying to think of useful things that Sukunkana can make on her downtime. Uh, more or less, these are going to be like mundane things, like difficulty one stuff. I'm just wondering if he has any, like, if my grandpa has anything in his alchemy shop that talks about plants. I mean, she could spend a week reading through the books, though. Mm, but then he can't make anything. <laughs> the classic mares, though, like, oh, like, that's not doing something. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to read. I want to do the things and figure it out. <laughs> Uh, so it sounds like you guys don't have a lot in uh, mind for this this uh, time. Condemned wants to try and make a set of greaves for Maris. Yeah, all right. See, uh, here's my assumption. Because Maris has those like big-ass fucking dragon claws, right? Mm-hmm. So probably doesn't have greaves that were like specifically made for them, I think. Uh, no, she got some from her grandfather. Oh, right. Okay, so everything you have is like an heirloom from your grandfather. So me giving you something new would be an insult to his memory. Okay. Condemned's going to do it anyway because he doesn't <laughs> understand that. Fuck yeah. He would not understand that. Yeah. My grandpa was a was a dragonborn too, right? Yep. Hopefully. Okay, just making sure I couldn't remember. I was like, you guys are sort of shaped the same. This is the moment that I realize I'm adopted. <laughs> yeah. Just like in Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> exactly. What I'd like to do is to just make a set of greaves or something for Maris that would basically help with the grip on their hammer is my thought. Okay. Nothing nothing like too astounding, just like a nice little quick thing. Okay, well, I'll say that that's like a difficulty one. You're looking for like a 10 on the dice. Okay, sure. Can I see if I can get some help from uh, Krusk? Krusk, so a good assumption, unless Krusk is not around or busy doing something else. Okay. She's typically always going to be there and not necessarily assisting you, but we will get an assistance die because she is teaching you. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. She's your mentor. Yeah. I don't think I have any more of the high material. Actually, I do still have some high quality materials. You do. You have the ones that you got. Yeah. Because I use Sukunkana's high quality materials to make her present. You sure did. <laughs> uh, and you also get the generosity bonus. Oh, true. So that's at least 3d6 plus your proficiency stuff. Yeah. It's 4d6. Sorry. All right. Um. So yeah. Roll four ones. Roll four ones. Actually, we can switch over to Sukunkana to see if... She has anything she wants to do. Well, I give it a second thought. I'm trying to think of the kind of stuff that one can make as a cartographer. Uh, you could make um, like a like a beginner's guide to cartography book. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny, but let's think. Hmm. Well, I think she's actually just going to spend some time making the base for maps that involve directions to thrive. Okay. So she can give it to other people on her journey and be like, hey, can you write down the paths that you take? Okay, yeah, that sounds good. And then, like, share this information with the next people you find, because she wants to improve the trade network. Yeah, yeah. So basically, she's just making copies of the map she already has. Yeah, I'm going to go with the fact that that's basically, like, a mundane thing, so, like, a difficulty zero. Mm-hmm. 
So I think the difficulty zero things you can just sort of do. Mm-hmm. So you, you, what I'm saying is you don't have to roll any dice or do any math. How many does she make? Because like how many can she make in a day? Uh, I would say that in a day you could probably make like... Like maps, like hand-drawn maps are like labor intensive. Yeah. I was going to say that over the course of the time that you have, if you're going to use all of the time to do the map thing, mm-hmm. uh, you could probably make about three or four. Okay. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with four. Four. Okay. She makes four. And her intention is to fill these out as she goes along and hand them out to people that she trusts, like cartographers she meets on her journey. Because there's no way you're the only one. So that they can fill it out and then like improve the trade network by just in general improving everyone's understanding of how to get from point A to point B. Okay. Small business cards of math. I, I am so happy for all of this. And I'm just astounded that I'm in a game where someone is inventing like liberalized trade and it's not me. <laughs> Uh, so are you still committed to your your greaves? Um, I'm just double checking. So yeah, I, I'm going to make greaves. But now instead of making greaves, which I was saying because I was thinking gauntlets and I'm a fucking oh. idiot. I mean, yeah, I... I'm going to I'm going to make greaves but actual greaves. Okay. Uh what I thought is I'm going to I want to make uh Maris a set of greaves or high boots I guess because greaves are the pants, right? Uh they are the just the boot part I think. Okay. Well, whatever it is. I want to make her boots. I want to make her nice boots mm-hmm. and I want those boots to have little climbing pythons in them. Oh, like little like That's okay. a good idea. That's so cute. Yeah, cuz that's not magical, but it's useful. Mm-hmm. And because I know that Maris is fucking terrified of heights and shit, or either player don't know if it's heights or claustrophobia, but um condemned is certainly under the impression that it's heights. That's so cute. Okay. Uh in that case, I'm going to say that's a higher difficulty rating then. That's fair. So I think that'd probably be more like a like a difficulty 2. 2. Yeah. Okay, so you need a total of 15. Total of 15. All right. What Condemned would like to do is he would like to try and make these leaning into his strengths, which is strength. <laughs> You're so funny. He's going... Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, love, I love that. Uh, yeah, you can add your strength. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I won't let you do that every time. That's fair. Yeah. So basically the idea being that he's trying to just use like his just sheer bulk um, to... Put in the little, because it's almost like cleats, right? Invents cleats. Basically. Okay. So 4d6 plus 8. <laughs> that's, the fa- that's the face of a, of a successful man. <laughs> that's two sixes, a five, and a two. Oh. He's so skilled. Well, all right then. I'm fucking like, if I roll to attack something, watch those ones come out. But as soon as I do anything that involves making someone else's life easier, I suddenly get very lucky, which I'm okay with. Yeah. I'm glad that I decided to roll a support fighter. Let's put it that way. The dice seem to agree with me. Two boons is a major boon, right? Yep. So in the midst of combat, and I'm not going to say you can do this all the time. I'll say you can do this as often as you're, as many times as you have proficiency modifier. So like right now it's two. And then when you hit level five, it'll be three times and so on and so forth. Per long rest or? Uh, yes, per long rest. So you can dig your heel, you dig your feet into the ground a little bit and get a little bit more stability as a bonus action, and then get advantage on your first melee attack of that turn. God damn, now Condemned is thinking about using that for himself. No. <laughs> you did use it for generosity, so it is going to I hurt. I know, I know, I know. 
what what is it? So they're boots with boots with sort of like little like climbing pittens in them. Yeah, you will you will have an easier time climbing up things if you need to. That's sort of the natural function. But the the boon function of it is that you're able to dig your heels into the or dig your feet into the ground just a little bit with these pythons and get uh, advantage on your first melee attack per round of combat as many times as your proficiency modifier will allow. So. Right now, that's two. Okay, so twice per long rest, you can use a bonus action to dig in and get advantage on your next melee attack. Mm-hmm. I feel like somebody should make this item in D&D Beyond and put it in her inventory for her. <laughs> what was the other item, by the way, just like for funsies, just like a, as a gag? Um, just in case like some stupid bimbo forgot. Just in case <laughs> was like really hot and dumb and then forgot what the gift they got was. It was a book. It was a journal. It, it was just a book. Just a journal. It was a, 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 a journal, an organization journal. For writing alchemy recipes in. That's so cute. And it has like a like a stitch on the front because she messed it up. <laughs> she stabbed it with a knife. Oh. But it's just a journal for you to for her to write her own recipes in. Yeah. Also to organize like I don't know her thoughts and stuff or her their thoughts whatever. I'm pretty sure Maris uses they and she. Yeah, she they. Yeah. Can I go hang out with my lizard as well? Yeah, I was also gonna say, can I hang out with my lizard a little bit? Because I really want to hang out with my lizard. Uh, as this was it stands right now, your lizards are currently being trained, and you are not able to go see them until the next time you go out, which was garbage. It is timed. He said that it would be three weeks, and then you can get your lizard. Oh, okay, so they're not okay. So they're like we don't have like we're not gonna lose anything if we don't go see them. No. Okay. I won't go see Liz. I think that we're gonna move on. I think that that's a pretty good spot to continue on to the next section of this episode. Unless anybody has any uh, anything else super pressing. Well, did I make anything throughout this week? Did you, or did you did you read? I don't want to read. I want to make. Uh, so what do you want to make? Uh, I want to try to make. Did Sukun kind of have any mint plants? Any leaves that I could have taken? Do I have any mint? Like mint plants that you grew? Mm. Like an extra leaf? Or like or like 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 dried leaves that would have stored somewhere that may or may not have been mint? I feel like you probably would have tried to store like every time that there was like like an extra leaf that wasn't there before, you probably like took that one off and sort of kept it somewhere yeah over the course of probably like 13 years do i have enough leaves uh i feel like you probably have like a small uh gathering of leaves like a very small amount of dry very leaves. precious to me yeah. extremely precious leaves because mm-hmm. i just like i want well i don't really need mint but i wanted mint specifically to try to make a like a better smelling salve like no like a mint like a mouthwash almost but like or like a like i probably can't make a spray you want to make toothpaste i want it well i want to make mouthwash or like a spritz to specifically try to bump up either like charisma, like persuasion to kind of make them more of a smooth talker or to clear their throat for like performance if they're like, like something like that, like kind of something charisma based, not necessarily for myself, but like, you know, just to kind of like, oh, let me just like, like spritz, spritz. Let me talk to you about the politics of your town kind of situation. Let me get a little advantage on that or a plus whatever on that. That's a really fun idea. Okay. Uh, Sukunkana, would you be willing to give up some of your precious, precious leaves? Um, If not, that is okay. I can just do other shit. How many leaves do I have? Uh, you have five. Five precious mid leaves. Five precious leaves. Ooh, that's... Five precious leaves. So Sukunkana, maybe talk about Sukunkana, but she'd be like, well... No, don't worry about that. I don't know. I mean, I, that sounds cool, but like... 
I've only got five. That's fair. I mean, th- these don't these don't just like grow on you know other leaves. <laughs> and like, who, who are you going to give this to? Like, con- condemned? He he's the he's the most straight guy I know. You know that given the choice, he'd be using Dove unscented soap anyway. He's not going to appreciate <laughs> like it. Four in one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so you kind of thinks real hard. She's like, well, honestly, no, don't. We could. I don't know. If I get better, can we talk about it then? Yeah. Yeah, I just don't want to like waste them, you know. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> I mean, I said it first. <laughs> I don't know. The the last thing you made was really stinky, <laughs> and maybe we can make them less stinky with the leaves. I'll try to make them better before I can make them less stinky. <laughs> okay, I mean, talk to me uh, when our proficiency level goes up. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk to you at level. Seven. I'll talk to you at level six. Do you think with this devastating information, Maris feels compelled to go read? Honestly, I think so. Yeah, they're not gonna go make stuff for a minute. They're gonna go. Yeah, you're right. Actually, that's a question. So, what does Maris's usual um, bad shit just happen? What's what? What's Maris's comfort? That is a great question. Because usually they just kind of have a, a breakdown. Um, Fair. <laughs> what a mood. Well, because like before, if anything was wrong, they would talk to their grandpa. But then when grandpa died and they were by themselves, I think it was the first time they kind of started to reflect on their own feelings. So they're kind of still in that middle ground of figuring out how to comfort themselves. Do you know what I mean? So like they're obsessed. They're just like, oh, I like, well, I don't, I don't want to go do the thing. I don't, I, I don't want to talk to anyone about it because like I don't, I, I can't. My grandpa's not here, so I, I'll go fucking read. I'll try to take my mind off it somehow. And yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, so you're gonna want to write this down. Oh, okay. Reading these books and spending time with uh, this information. And she's got a notebook to write important things in. And you've got a notebook so you you, you can uh, like take out and use the important information relevant to the things that you're talking about. You are going to effectively have gotten assistance on the next crafting thing that you do from a mentor. I don't necessarily know that I'll remember that, which is why I'm telling you to write it down. I'll write it down here. I'm also going to put it in the D&D Beyond because that feels like a where actual important things go. And so we finally reach the point at which Groamdu has called the three of you back into the chamber, the council's chamber, to tell you what is going on with her. The three of you are gathered in this specific area, and she looks at all of you and says, you all look like you've been working quite hard as we've been going on. Uh, I'm quite proud of you. Uh, Condemned would have given Maris the boots. Right, of course, the boots. Yeah. Are you wearing your new boots? Yeah, they absolutely would put that on. And like, I'm just picturing them sitting there with their little boots on reading by themselves, trying to comfort themselves. And they're just like reading and then like looking at their boots and reading. Okay, great. The three of you are once again sat down in the area at which you were given your first mission quest of sorts. And Gramdu says, I'm so proud of the three of you. You've grown so much. And I'm not nervous about you two taking my daughter out into the world anymore. I feel like you've all become quite competent. I have I have two things that need to be done. Uh, we will send a different party to go out to do one of them, and you will do the other one. But since you are here first, we determined that you would be the ones who would be given the option of what you would like to do. So beyond continuance, we've heard rumor of a community that has been overstepping. They've been attacking other communities nearby, and they've been doing quite a lot of unnecessary violence, and there are rumors that they've been using 
undead as a pet-like army. They are quite problematic, and we need to, before they wind up over where we are, deal with them as best we can. Uh, the other option is that we have heard rumors of giants coming up from the south. They have been attacking caravans, and they've been, unfortunately, eating people and materials. Uh, we're not sure where they come from, but theoretically, they're hunting because wherever they are doesn't have any food anymore. So, we give it up to you. What are you interested in uh, pursuing? What is more important to you? The giants in the south are a, are a very obvious and pressing problem, but the community could be a, more of a long-term issue. The community? Uh, the community who is that's attacking people. The undead. Well, it's not just undead. They are, they are community using undead as weapons of destruction. For obvious reasons, I feel more of a personal connection to the danger with the giants. Preventing some of my kin from doing harm seems, uh, fitting to me. But I will not push if the two of you feel as if the undead army is the greater threat. I think that, like, from what we've been able to gather, the undead have been more common because, you know, Thrive has dealt with it and the other places dealt with it. I would like to sort out the undead, but I am also okay not dealing with them right away. Uh, I, I do want to clarify that it's not just that it's undead. It is a community of people who are themselves attacking other communities and caravans and travelers. Uh, they just happen to be using undead. That is part of their arsenal. They are also using powerful magicians and whatnot, as well as uh, many subversive tactics. I am wondering if it is the same people that Fang's friend got situated with. Uh, it's entirely possible. I'm. I'm not. the the de the The details are few and far between, and I've given you all that I that I know. Mm -hmm. I think that I trust condemned on where he wants to go and what he feels passionate about dealing with the undead that that community that's i mean obviously that's fucked up and that needs to get dealt with but this giant situation i think that we might have a better handle on because we obviously have condemned uh sukunkan i i would like your opinion as well because you are part of this group and you all have to decide what to do together he so i think we should go for the giants I am interested in the community using the undead, but I think, weirdly enough as it is, I think we have more of a chance of communicating with giants than we do with people unethical enough to use the undead to attack other people. Where is the community, do we, do we know, that's using the undead? A few communities beyond continuance. Because where did Fang say that she was going? They're from Duration. That is in the same area as she described oh so okay so these undead are probably putting the people that we just blah blah at risk yeah so obviously i think for you i would like to deal with you know the giants to help them out and find out how we can help out if they're attacking people it's because they've run out of resources so if there's a way that we can make a piece with that i think that would be very beneficial for every community Oh, oh, no, I'm I'm sorry, I don't want to lead you astray. There are giants who are wise and great crafters. There are some who have built, uh, legends say, cities among the clouds. Uh, but typically, these sound like the sort of giants that are 
slightly better than wild animals. We'd probably have to kill them, like animals. Oh. Oh, that... In that case, I want to deal with the undead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and if we go to... If we do that one, we can stop at Duration on the way and see if Fang made it back safely. Uh, Not that I really want to see Fang, but... Listen, we all know that Fang is nobody's favorite person. You, you You make so few friends along the way. It's just nice to see if someone that you met is still alive. Yeah. (laughs) And let's be honest, we know that Fang and I are not friends. But if there's a way that I can... It's just a personal situation if I can kind of bridge that gap to kind of help Fang. Because obviously I ended their friend. What she's saying is not that she's trying to do this for Fang. She's trying to make herself feel better through Fang. Yeah, if I make Fang feel better, then I can feel better because I made Fang feel better. And then I'll feel better because Fang feels better. And then we'll be fine. And then I'll feel better. Because Fang will feel better. So if we can stop the undead, then f- then we'll all feel better. But if we fight the giants, then I think we'll die. And that makes me scared. Uh, I think we would be fine. But as I said, I will not push too hard. If the two of you feel as if the undead to the north are the greater threat, then uh, we should proceed against them. Out of character... I personally think that the undead situation has a lot of like delicious edgy plot juice. Oh yeah. You know, like that's got that's got a lot of opportunity for us to do some messed up stuff. <laughs> Good radio. It's 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 like the it's like the part where I can start my villain arc. Yeah. Um <laughs> also out of character, I'm like, "Oh, jeez, which do I want to deal with as like a grapple fighter, a bunch of awkward undead or a bunch of creatures that are almost specifically made to take my shit and shove it up my own ass. But unfortunately, the second option is the one that Condemned would want to do. So, please. Yeah, Yeah, out of character, I want to go to the zombie situation just because I think it'd be like not necessarily fun, but I think it'd be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to know more about these dead folks. I want to go to Duration and check out Duration, mm-hmm. talk to the wolf people. You know, Maris's journey of figuring out where they wanted to go was my own because <laughs> at first I was like, oh, "No, I want to go deal with those giants." Yeah, like let's go help like condemned like fuck those guys. And then I was like, "Oh, murder giants? Mm. No, I don't want to do that. I want to go to the bad people. <laughs> let's go get those zombies." Yeah. Okay. I think we want to go get the zombies. Okay, well, it sounds like the three of you have decided. So, uh, Stable Master Frederick has been standing by with uh, your lizards. Uh, be sure to give them a name. I have a name in mind already. So I will I will go get him, and I will meet the three of you on the edge of town, okay? Hee! Hoo-ya! Okay, all right. So the three of you head off to the edge of town as your mother uh, heads off to Stable Master Frederick, uh, get your lizards, and your three uh, beautiful boys all show up, and they're all looking fly, and they're all like trimmed a little well. They've gotten a tiny bit bigger. Uh, they are saddled very well. Uh, it looks like you'll be able to sit on top fairly caref- uh, fairly comfortably. Uh, there's a couple of very sturdy stirrups that are sitting on uh, each side, and they have been particularly measured with the estimate of your size in mind. But they do have a slight adjustable leather basis as well, just in case they aren't in the right spot. And so Stable Master Frederick uh, brings him up and he says, all right, now here, let's, I have uh, this little thing here. It's it's quite simple. It's just a little bit of uh, magic that I can do. I can uh, engrave the name onto the saddle just for y'all. So I need you to tell me what their name is. Mine's name is Napkash. Okay. Uh... 
know. How do you spell that? N A P. Okay. All right. N A P. K A. K A. Bardell. What the hell is that? <laughs> okay, put an L. Okay. And then put two horizontal lines through it like you would a T, except there's two. All right. Okay. Is it? Yeah. Napkach. It means baby porcupine because they're all spiky. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Here's your lizard. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Here's your lizard. I pet. I pet Napkash. You know how uh, my dog Daisy does the thing where she like leans into you? Yeah. And just like. Yeah. She does rest, that. Rest their head against oh, me. Oh, I love that. I kiss them. Maris. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, all right. This one, what's this one? This beautiful, sparky little creature is named Flint. Oh, that's smart. All right. I can see. I get it. All right. Uh, I love Flint. All right. Uh, Flint. Okay. All right. I was going to name him Spot, but I thought that was a little too on the nose. All right. There you go. Here's Flint. Uh, all right. Uh, big guy. All right. Out of character. What is the Tanaka word again? There was one that was like horse. And I wrote that one down, but I remember it was like forever long. Um, but then there was a there was a shorter. Yeah, it was the, the word for gray horse. Which one was that? So the word is uh, insukuat, which actually isn't that hard to say. No, insukuat. Uh, at the end is t, so in in suk suk ku ku wat wat. Yeah. Insukuat. Yes, yeah, so you guys do the exact same thing. Like, all right, how the hell, how the hell you spell that? <laughs> yeah, 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 here's your fucking Man, lizard. Fucking goddamn fucking hipster children. Do you want me to spell it for you? I will. Uh, do yeah. Uh, uh in fiction. Okay. Okay. So I say, uh, his name is a uh, Insukkuat. Uh, okay. I know that's not giant. What the hell is that? What is that? Did she teach you that? D- yes. Does the uh, does the engraving mean anything? Does it do anything? It's their name. That's all it is. It's their name. It's just so that this this saddle belongs on this list. Right, then put on condemned so that if anybody finds it, they know who to give it to. Yeah, can you also add my phone line? Can and, you put my um, mom's name on it? That they have their shots. <laughs> Tell me how to spell the name. All right, that's it. All right, you can spell insukuat is glottal stop. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Tell you what, I'm just going to like pass them over what condemned wrote down on a piece of paper where the hell did you parchment. get this on a paper? piece of parchment uh, <laughs> jesus okay. uh, and he just like basically like traces it with magic yeah okay all right this is uh here's your lizard so i just pass him and then i just also put into the chat what it was and it's just like my very anglicized <laughs> version because when i look at that word i know what that word how to pronounce that <laughs> mm. Uh, so he he then like sort of like looks at girl and dude like like he looks at her and doesn't say anything sort of like uh, I'm I'm done he says all right uh, have uh fun goodbye and he leaves bye uh so and then from there girl Amdu says okay um it should be uh quite a uh, a quicker journey at this point you should it should take about two or three days with your mounts so you should be able to get to uh, the area in. I want to say about 14 days. So you'll be gone for quite a while. Uh, out of character. I'm assuming she would have told us already. Which cities are we hitting on the way? Or settlements? Uh, yes, I do have that written some down, somewhere down here. Because like, I'm assuming we would know that before we're getting on our <laughs> lizards to leave. Mm-hmm. I also have a question. I don't remember because I didn't listen last session. Did we actually make plans to send people to... You mentioned it to someone. I talked to Howard, right? Yeah. 
Uh, how? Yeah, you did hear from Howard Dugans. There's there's a couple of new people who came to town who are looking for work, and they just sort of headed off that way. So the the way that it's going to be is you're going to go uh, continuance, endurance, and then persistence, and then beyond there, you'll get to where you're going to. I thought we were going to stop at duration also. Uh, so it's in sort of the same area. There's a sort of branching okay. pathway, I think. So we could go to duration. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, uh, the three of you have anything you want to say to Grom do before you ride? Come on. Uh, yes, daughter. I love you. I love you too. I'll see you soon. You sure will. Tell Kasu that I also love her and that I, uh, appreciate her. I wanted to tell her in person, but... I, I understand. Yeah. I'll tell her that. Condemned to studying the ceiling during this conversation. <laughs> You're outside, but go on. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. How are the boots fitting? Oh, these are amazing. No one can ever get the heel right because dragon feet are a little, they're weird. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I had a lot of time to study your feet since you kick in your sleep and so they keep digging into me. It uh, really made it easier to get it, you know. Whenever I was unsure of how to get the soul, I just consulted the bruise on my calf. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. I am so sorry, but I am so thankful. <laughs> Uh, and then we begin the quest called, And So We Ride! <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening to episode 10 of Tales of Bone and Ice, starring Grimhilda as Hey everybody, I'm Sukunkana and I'm a surfer dude. I successfully turned this ocean into a beach and I'm here to say thanks for listening to episode 10. Tales of Bone and Ice, starring Grimhilda as Sukunkana, Marilyn as Maris Terasat, Candor as Condemned, and myself, Sukunkana, but also on the weekend, I'm Brian Sherwood, the Dungeon Master. (laughs) Music and editing done by Chelsea Love, what a MILF. With additional editing done by me on the weekend, Brian Sherwood. With episode 10 finished, we're now finished our first arc. With that in mind, due to some major life changes happening, we're going to take a small break from posting episodes to surfing on the beach. For all we've accomplished so far, we finally appreciate... Finally, finally we appreciate the love and support you've given us because we certainly didn't before. We're too busy hanging tin and getting babes. <laughs> Continue to support us on the beach. <laughs> Thanks again. And remember, if your if your little dogs are hurting, and by dogs I mean your feet. <laughs> Consider changing your shoe size. Shoes that are too small could cause blisters on your hot little dogs, as well as bunions and calluses, where shoes that are too big make you walk like a duck in shoes, which can cause your feet to get all, like, scrungly. Thank you. Super Dude Sukunkana, out. <laughs> I'm going to have a stroke. <laughs> did you did I, did I nail it? <laughs> <laughs> That's weirdly your best take. <laughs>